0: Today we begin our Advent sermon series on New Beginnings. Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. These few weeks are integral to the life of our church in a sense that we are preparing our hearts, minds, and souls for the coming of God in Christ on Christmas Day. This season lends itself to new beginnings, not just in our church, but in each of our lives. This morning we begin with the Advent of Abram. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Would you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable. loudly as he began gripping deeply into my shoulder. I found myself staring at one of the groomsmen from the black party. We had spent the better part of an hour attempting to line everything up for the wedding during the wedding rehearsal, and we're now at the Mill Street Grill for the rehearsal dinner. Wedding rehearsals are absolutely crazy. It's a conflation of friends and family that gather together in a church they have never seen, and listen to a pastor they have never met, telling them where to stand and what to do. In no other aspect of ministry is the metaphor of a shepherd and his sheep more appropriate than when I plead with the groomsmen to pay attention and start acting appropriately. (laughs) Things would go so smoothly if the groomsmen would just act like the bridesmaids. groomsmen when he began to lay on all the compliments about how well the rehearsal went and how impressed he was with my disposition. Dude, I can't believe you're a pastor. I mean, like, man, you're younger than me. And the way you pray, it sounds like you're actually talking to God. And for real, dude, that was awesome. when the rehearsal dinner has an open bar. (laughs) A little later, another young person from the bridal party came forward to introduce herself and began opening up about her faith. It's been a long time since I've been in a church, she said. But hearing you speak and seeing how serious you are about all this stuff has reignited my faith. If I lived around here, I think I would want to worship at St. John. Still later, another young man from the wedding walked over and began speaking to me through jovial chuckles and slaps on my back. Now, man, I've got to ask, that good-looking girl with the blue eyes, are you two together? Because if not, I would love to get her (laughs) number. To which I replied, till death do us part. (laughs) Conversations as a pastor are often one-sided. People bring their own sets of questions and baggage about the church, and they are looking for me to confirm their suspicions. Are you really allowed to be married? I never knew pastors could be so young. What do you think about all the stuff with the Catholic Church? These are all frequent elements of dialogue when you wear a white collar around your neck. However, toward the end of the night, after the last call had been made from the bar, yet another groomsman. At this point, I was getting very tired of the same trivial conversations about how I knew the bride, what it takes to become a pastor, and how long I had felt called to the ministry. I am sure that I sighed as he walked forward, but his question was unlike any of the others. How long have you been serving here? He said, it's been a year and a half. And then he asked, is it still everything you thought it would be? Still, everything he thought it would be. To follow a call from God may be a costly matter, particularly when it leads to a lonely road. Abram was tasked with following the call of God to leave everything based on God's word. One day, an ordinary day, the Lord told Abram to go from his country and his family to the land that God had prepared, with the promise that God would make of him a great nation he would be blessed, and his name would become so great that he would be a blessing to the world. So Abram went. The simplicity of so Abram went is one of the most deceptive phrases in all of Scripture. The extraordinary nature of those three words are lost in Genesis 12 if we gloss over it too quickly. Abram was free from indecision, from self-doubt and stubbornness. His willingness to go is the opposite of what happened in the Garden of Eden. It demonstrates the radical dependence on the providence of God. Abram must turn his back on what had been familiar and the friendly to go out toward the unwelcome and the unknown. His life would be forever changed in his decision to respond to God's simple push, something that changed the course of history. The call of Abram is not unlike the many callings that God places in each of our lives. Might not come in a definitive and spoken word as if on the wind, but there are subtle moves and pushes that God does in order to bring about His will on earth. Many people prefer to stay where they are and as they are rather than to try hard to arrive at something different. Once they reach a level of comfort in their lives, they become content with keeping their eyes trained on the dirt instead of gazing up into the stars. People of apathy appear throughout the entire Bible. People who might have made their lives significant but never wanted to put their effort in to change. The likes of Esau, Jonah, and Solomon grew complacent with their blessings and stopped dreaming about the future. Their failure was not generally aiming at anything bad as it was in the fact that they did not aim strongly enough at anything at all. Abram could have been apathetic. But instead, he responds enthusiastically. He took his wife, his brother's son-law, and all of his possess- possessions and set forth toward the land of Canaan. When he arrived, God made it clear that this would be the place of his offspring. And Abram made an altar to praise the Lord. He could have accepted the divine message with the momentary enthusiasm of a man who is proud to feel that he has been singled out for something special quickly cools when he finds where he must go. Is it still everything you thought it would be? The groomsman asked. As soon as he asked this question, images from the past year and a half flooded through my mind. The baptisms, the deaths and the weddings, the tears spilled in my office, the dreaded phone calls from the hospitals, the shaking hands gripped in prayer. The kids laughing in the preschool, the palms outstretched for communion, and the knocks on the door that carried with them. I dreamed about all the positive affirmations I would receive from people at the back of the sanctuary following worship. And the more time I've spent following this call from God, the more that I've realized how similar it is to Abram's journey. Responding to God is not about the results, the packed pews, and lots of money in the offering plate, and people lining up to commit their lives to Christ. Responding to the standing up for what is right and calling all of us, including myself, to live better and holier lives. Moreover, this is not just a call for pastors, but for all of us as Christians. God is not looking for people to say all the right things at the right times, people who will proudly place money in the offering plates, people who have perfect posture in prayer. God is looking for disciples who are willing to say yes when the world says no people who fight against injustice and go into the unknown like Abram. God tells Abram that he will be blessed And responding to the call. The Bible makes it very clear that a person can know and recognize their blessedness not when they have managed to get rid of all the dangers and the risks and the burdens, but when they have been given great and gallant strength them. The collective group, move forward when an individual breaks the path ahead On every level of life, there must be a pioneer. Joseph had to dream dreams that went beyond what his brothers wanted. Moses had to stand before the Lord and plead for the forgiveness of God's people. And Jesus had to push his friends further and farther than they ever wanted to go. Only when people are brave enough to rise above the crowd, only when they set out on new beginnings, follow the roads of freedom for their souls. This past week has been filled with frightening examples of our need to start standing up against the crowd mentality of our culture. We need a new beginning when it comes to the foolishness of sitting around a family table to give thanks, to then punch one another in the face while wrestling for black Friday deals. We need a new beginning when it comes to a nation flocking to Facebook to express their opinion about what is going on in Ferguson when they neglect to create real and meaningful relationships with people around them. We need a new beginning when it comes to our denomination. The Virginia Conference of the United Methodist Church meeting for a day of holy conferencing about homosexuality when we keep talking about it as an issue instead of talking about it being a We need new beginnings all around us. And it's up to people like you and me to listen like Abram and start walking down a new and strange road. Wherever Abram went, he built an altar to the Lord. While responding to the call of God, he recognized the importance of worshiping the maker in whom we live for the true blessings of life. Having a new beginning implies understanding that We gather here in this place week after week to hear the word of God and respond to it in our lives. We gather to feast on the word so that we can encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ to take radical steps of faith into new beginnings, just like Abram. Abram left it all for a new beginning and a new place. He traveled as the Lord commanded and wound up in the hill country. Years later, a young virgin named Mary and a man named Joseph traveled to Bethlehem for a new beginning in a new place. They traveled as the Lord commanded and wound up in a village without space at the end, but brought a child into the world who changed everything. Is it still every is so much harder.